0: Are you ready to hand the reins of your company to your next level leaders? Do you worry that your key leaders may leave and join the great resignation? David McLennan with Impact Leadership Consulting helps company owners like you to create a growing company with a high-performing team that no one ever wants to leave. To find out how we can help your team say, I love it here, go to about.davidmclennan.com and book a discovery call.
1: Welcome to Digital Connections, where we bring in expert advice to connect you with the services and resources to build a successful business and ultimately to create the life of your dreams. This show is for entrepreneurs, business owners, and anyone interested in running a side hustle to their current nine to five. One episode at a time, we help you build a successful business through amazing digital connections. I'm your host, Nancy Johnson, a business owner and digital marketer. On my way here, I have found amazing resources that have helped me build my business, and they can help your business thrive. So everyone needs a friend at digital marketing because digital marketing is about connecting people. And my friends, I mean every word of that. I was put in this life to connect people. This is what I do, and this is why I love digital marketing. When it's done right, it will connect you with the people, products, and services that you need. But there is only so much that you can gain from looking at a website or seeing a review on Google. What you're not going to get from good search engine optimization is the actual human connection that helps us understand who we really want to work with and that is the purpose of this show. For me it is a way to give back to the community that I truly love and care deeply for business owners and entrepreneurs. This podcast is dedicated to finding resources that you can trust that will help your company grow. This is my heart and this is at the core of everything that I do and everything that my company stands for. So while I'm telling you all of this today because I do think that it is important for my listeners to understand this, it is also my way of introducing my guest today, David McLennan, because it's the kind of heartfelt leadership that and drive that David frequently talks about. So David is a fellow podcaster with his show in the growth space, and he is also the president of Impact Leadership Consulting, which was created in 2015. He helps public and private companies alike to play the infinite game of business by creating culture by design and strengthening the bench of emerging leaders and improving their organizational health. The company built the Emerging Leader Inner Circle, which has now expanded to the growing leader and the executive leader in our circles, which impact leaders from around the world. So David is a business growth guide who helps leaders integrate their desire for high performance achievement and growth while focusing on the things they value most. As an entrepreneur and family business owner for most of his life, he's made mistakes, yet he loves getting out of his comfort zone to learn and grow. He has coached and trained leaders around the world as far north as the Arctic Circle and has shared the stage, with. John C. Maxwell, while training leaders in Paraguay, South America. So David, thank you so much for coming to Digital Connections. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
0: Hey, Nancy, great to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to the conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what was the catalyst for starting this business? Yeah,
0: you know, it's 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 interesting. Um, we all go through different seasons of our lives. And I just happened to be going through a season of my life where I call it my Great Awakening. <laughs> uh, it kind of coincided coincided with me turning 50. And, um, and and so I was part of a, a startup company uh, back in 2009. And in 2015, we had grown quite a bit through those those years. And um, I was just really hustling. I was traveling. And it was, I, I was in, I, I can tell you exactly where I was at. I was in LaGuardia airport and we had just had a maintenance delay and I I knew I was running tight on time to get home uh, to see my son play in a, a concert. And this particular concert, he was going to be playing with a two-time Grammy award-winning sax player. And so oh, wow. I... I, I just, I didn't feel like I really wanted to miss that. I mean, I, who wants to miss that kind of a performance, right? And um, yeah. so the maintenance issue caused some delays and uh, I missed the first half, but I did get there for the second half of, of the concert. But it was at that moment that I, I knew that um, I needed to do something a little bit different and and really make a change. And so it was a process that led me to uh, to create Impact Leadership Consulting because I really wanted to be able to help leaders to um, really look at their values and create a culture of their organization to to match those values. So that's kind of how it all started
1: that is very cool. Yeah. And my, my son is also a musician. Uh, and so I understand the value of, uh, you know, when they get those opportunities, you want to be there for them for sure. Absolutely, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My son got to play with Alan White from, uh, yes. So yeah, that was cool. pretty cool. You know, yeah, way back cool. in the day. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool.
0: Awesome.
1: Well, okay. So how do you help emerging leaders grow and improve their leadership? How did you? How did you kind of get into that? Really? And,
0: yeah, you know, it's an interesting story. So I do a lot of work with with senior leaders around the idea of culture and and how do we create culture by design as opposed to default. Most companies, it's just a default thing. You know, we we have um, you know business plans, we have strategy plans, uh, we have uh, financial plans, but we don't ever think about having a culture plan, and so. I was working with one of my clients around their culture plan and, and actually creating that culture plan and we implemented it and we recognized that some of the leaders, the second tier third tier leaders um just weren't um, didn't have the skill set and the, the 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 capability to uh, carry out the the culture conversations that we needed them to have. And so we got to thinking and doing some brainstorming and I said, well what if we create this environment where we can actually teach them some communication skills we can teach them ways to to ask a good question just some basic leadership type of uh, of skills and mm-hmm. so from that then we created the the emerging leader inner circle which is basically the start of my work with emerging leaders and in that in that environment we're a we're a virtual group uh, that does it's a little bit of a mix between, some leadership teaching, um, mastermind and group coaching um, and a lot of practice. So uh, we do things like speaking off the cuff, uh, creating scenarios and talking about how we would handle them and and just some real life practical application. but I really it, it, the the start of that really was just because of some culture work that I was doing with a, with a company. And and really now it's it's the focus of my practice because I see such a need for leaders to be able to have some way to um to, to have a systematic approach to to training their leaders and, and, mm. and being able to help their their next level and their next generation leaders to grow.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you kind of touched on uh, some of these, but what are the kind of what are the foundational uh, skills that emerging leaders need? and what are they what are they looking for?
0: Yeah, it's interesting you asked that because just even just today, we had uh, two sessions. we have we have two two emerging leader groups now. and um the the biggest thing that comes up, what well, two two things rise to the top collaboration or I'm sorry, communication and then confidence. and uh, we, mm. we do work on collaboration as well, but, but communication and confidence. I mean, you, you, you can't believe how many leaders, even if they are at a, a, a leadership level that you would think they, you know, have tackled the, uh, the confidence issue. Everybody, everybody, uh, deals with it. And, and we, mm. so we talk about the inner critic and, and how do we, how do we manage that? How do we soften the voice, um, but those are the two things. And, and communication is really key because so oftentimes there's this myth that a leader has to be the one that has all the answers and is mm-hmm. talking all the time. When in reality, we, tr- we teach our leaders to ask good questions because we believe that good leaders do ask great questions and um, we, we want to be able to equip them to be curious and also ask good questions because when they do that, and then of course, when they listen generously to follow that up um, that allows uh, the uh, great communication skills to develop.
1: Well, and and really it's, it's leaders building leaders, right? Because, because ultimately that's, those are the skills that are needed in order for them to really tap into the value that is there you know, in their team. Right. I I was a communications manager for many years and I watched people, leaders in particular, you know, that's why I had a job because they didn't didn't have the confidence in their own communications, you know, and they really felt that they needed somebody to kind of come to the table to help that. But a major portion of communications is not talking. It's listening. The, the irony, right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny because I'll, I I often use uh, something that my dad taught me a long time ago. He he basically would say, "David, you've got two ears and one mouth, so there's a proper <laughs> ra- uh, ratio there." And uh, so, uh, matter of fact, it's funny is because somebody that was on the call today actually brought that up, and and I thought, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one that heard that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I think my dad said it too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it must have been that generation,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've mentioned that successful companies invest in their emerging and growing leaders. So why is that and what are really the benefits uh in in, in doing that?
0: Yeah. Um so I have a foundational belief, and and that foundational belief is that if we want our companies to grow if we want top line revenue to grow if we want bottom line revenue to grow we have to have the people that make up the company growing as well and so Mm -hmm. smart companies recognize that their people have all kinds of potential within them that perhaps you know nobody's ever tapped and um so the great companies of 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 the world are investing in their people to help them to get better. Um, it's not always just about skills, but it's, it's about the inner game as well. Um, one of the things that we teach both in the emerging leader groups and and the growing and executive leader groups is that we have to take time to think too often um, we buy into this myth that we have to just be going, going going all mm. the time, Mach three with our hair on fire and, you know, going from one meeting to the next meeting to the <laughs> next meeting. And while I know that that's a reality for a lot of a lot of leaders and a lot of company cultures, uh, it's not a healthy one. And so mm. we believe that by teaching these leaders how to take time to stop and think and actually, be comfortable with some, some, some silence. Um, it really will help that company to, to grow because they're thinking differently. They're thinking deeper. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I always will say too, that, you know, thoughts become things. So the things that go on in our head will actually get created in real life.
1: Yeah. Go slow to speed up. Yeah, because uh, a lot of times when we see it all the time with with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, right? Um, you just you you get going and uh, you end up tripping over yourself uh, if you're not careful. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: you yeah. know, as you said that the the one thing that came to my mind is this. Um, it's a it's a Navy Seal say- saying, but slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And yes. it's it's really a, a, about slowing down. And and actually measuring the things that you're doing, and taking the time to do them deliberately over and over and over again. And when we do that, and we're, we slow down and get smooth, then we can actually speed up, and that will help us. You know, when we need when we need to be fast.
1: That I, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's such a it's such a perfect um uh, thing I think for the beginning of of the new year, right? Um, yeah. I I you know. I'm very big into habits, right? And your habits can make or break you. And and really, at the beginning of the new year, it's time for a refresh. But I... I felt like, you know, after the holidays, it's an interesting time to be going into that frame of mind. Right. Because I think we go through the holidays and we get so complacent. Right. And we get a little bit of time off and then it's like, oh, we got to go back and try to get all this started again. Right. Right. But it is such a good reminder that that is what habits ultimately do for you. Good habits, you know, and and actually forming that consistency that's what you get from it and what you don't get if you don't follow that is this rough pattern of just like a start and stop and oh i got to get there and i'm not quite there yet and that's not what you want you know no. i mean that's not why any of us went into business and i don't think it's the dream that any of us had when we started our businesses either you know no
0: yeah exactly well and you know you mentioned you you mentioned habits and and i think that it's interesting because we always at the beginning of a year we always think about all of these great goals that we want to achieve in the new year and it, it the, the the interesting part of that is is that if we don't change our habits we won't get our goals because if 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 there're things that we've not done before and we want to achieve something a little bit you know greater or beyond where we've been before we have to do things differently and so we yes. have to change our habits right
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're never going to get to to where you're looking to go doing the same things you've always been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, creating this culture of care that you're talking about along with performance, it almost seems like it would be opposing forces, mm-hmm. uh, kind of. So how do you help companies actually pull that off?
0: Yeah, so one of the things that I use in the culture um by design that, that I, that I bring to my clients is a framework that starts with um, behaviors. And so in a lot of ways, we create cultural behaviors that will bring success to the organization. So, um, so the balance of, of care versus uh, behaviors, you know, it's really interesting because so, so oftentimes we, we get in this binary thinking that we have to we have to be, you know, just you know, badasses or hardasses, and 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 not have a caring uh, approach to our our, our um, people, or we've got to be warm and fuzzy, and we have to be soft and squishy, and mm. and allow a lot of things to to slide. And that binary thinking is is really, I think, where we make a big mistake, is because I think we we can bring both of those together because. We we can we can drive behaviors and lead behaviors that will lead to our success, um, and and because we do that, we we show that we and demonstrate that we care for our people. So, mm. um, for example, um, practicing blameless problem solving just happened mm. to pop into my head. That's that's a behavior that I know a lot of my clients will will articulate and they say that they want to practice blameless problem solving but so often the the habit and the tendency is to 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 point a finger and 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 really ask the question who did this as opposed to what happened and so yeah. by by actually creating the behavior and talking about the things that get in our way of practicing blameless problem solving um, can actually help us to create that that great synergy of of, of care and mm-hmm. high performance because we we care about our our customers we care about our our people and we want to um, not assign blame but we want to look at like what happened first of all let's fix the problem second of all let's do a little bit of an autopsy here what happened is it a process that Um, that's, that's faulty? Do we need to change the process? Or did somebody maybe not follow the process? Mm. And, uh, and that's where we fell down. Um, and, And so that's where as, as leaders, we can, let's say, for example, you know, we're, we're talking about practicing blameless problem solving, and we have somebody who didn't follow a process. So the process works, but, but somebody didn't follow the process. Then we just need to be able to ask, you know, hey, what didn't you understand about the process? And and let's understand that. And then going forward, here's what we need you to do. We need you to follow this process. And so being able to to, to think about the forward facing and the forward movement of that individual um, to follow the process is still practicing blameless problem solving. We just need to to help them to understand and um understand the the, the process and then follow it. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and it also, I think, uh, really helps build trust in an organization when people know they aren't going to be automatically fired because they exactly. did something funky, you know, or yeah. they, they messed up or, you know, maybe their fa- family took precedence or whatever it was that, that didn't work in the situation. Um, you know, it, employees need to have that trust of their employer to be able to invest in that.
0: Well, absolutely. And you know, if you think about it, if if you have a culture of of blame and and looking at, okay, who do we need to, you know, point the finger at, mm-hmm. people are gonna start to cover up. There's gonna be, mm-hmm. you know, if, if 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 somebody sees something that should be called out, um, they're not gonna say anything. They're gonna be able to say, yeah. Oh no, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get called out on that. So I'm I'm gonna just not say anything. So we have to be able to have that level of of safety and and create that psychological safety within an organization.
1: Yeah, or even the um, the old you know you'll you'll watch it. It's almost like this cutthroat thing where people you know will blame somebody who maybe was not to blame, you right. know, uh, just just to kind of get ahead because they know that's the culture that they live in, yeah. and you know, and it doesn't all starts with those leaders. So speaking of which, though, so I've worked at some fairly large corporations. And I've watched leaders kind of use culture as a total buzzword. And, you know, it's more hyping the whole situation, but really that's all it is in the end, right? So how do you keep culture from being just another like flavor of the month that the CEO jumps on?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, Nancy, because, you know, honestly, that's what happens a lot of times, especially at larger companies. Um, You know, it's, it's, the CEO sees something or they hear something at a seminar and they, they think, Oh, I gotta, I gotta do something about this. And, and so it, it does become the flavor of the month, but really what, what good companies and world-class companies do is they create ways to embed it into the organization. And so we teach, uh, that a a way to create rituals within an organization. Mm -hmm. So, what do I mean by rituals? Well, I mean, those things that, um, that trigger us to um, talk about our our cultural behaviors. We have to first and foremost define it. And we define our culture in terms of behaviors because quite frankly, behaviors are easier to, to to see, to Mm -hmm. teach and to give feedback on. So when we, when we see somebody um, listening generously, we can we can reinforce that and we can uh, give feedback on that or if, or or if we see somebody not doing that we can also give the feedback there so defining our our uh, culture in terms of behaviors then allows us to create a mechanism to practice those so i when you're talking about habits so you know any type of a habit has to start with some kind of a cue mm-hmm. so So one of the one of the rituals that we recommend is that at the start of any meeting, we have a short conversation about our fundamental of the week, our behavior of the week. So we call them fundamentals and sometimes I use those interchangeably. But um, but so let's say, for example, this week's fundamental is um, uh, getting clear on expectations. So if I'm starting my meeting, the first item on my agenda is to ask a question of of the group that's assembled and say, you know, hey, um, this week's uh, fundamental is getting clear on expectations. What do you think hinders us from getting clear on expectations and and, and asking for clarity? And and then allow for maybe two, maybe three minutes of just some open dialogue and discussion. You don't want to get, you know, it, it shouldn't take over the meeting. But what that does is that that short conversation then allows people to begin thinking about getting clear on expectations, that fundamental or that behavior of the week. And if you think about how many um, meetings you have in a day and in a week, and if you take one fundamental, one you know one behavior every week, you're gonna you're gonna be able to to really reinforce those behaviors and think about them in new ways every day, Mm. multiple times a day, and that's what drives behavior. And so when an organization Mm. can really have that behavior embedded in it as a way of, you know, hey, that's just the way we do things around here, Mm. that's what's going to drive success for uh, an organization.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's it seems like it's uh it's kind of hard to make it a buzzword when it actually is something that you do on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I, I had one of my clients, uh, the CEO of the of the organization. We were um, talking about implementing this systematic approach, and he goes, "You know, I know this is the right thing to do, but the only thing that I'm afraid of." is that we're going to create these behaviors and I'm not going to be able to live up to them. And uh, I, I thought that was pretty brave of him to, to actually admit that. And, and my response to him was, you know, that is really one of the most transparent things that I've ever heard somebody say. And I, I think that the best thing for you to do is actually move forward with this and Admit to your uh, your people when we do the rollout. When we actually come before all of the employees and talk about these cultural behaviors, by when you kick the meeting off, by virtue of you saying, "Hey, look, I'm not perfect. I'm gonna I'm gonna fall down on on speaking straight or listening generously or getting clear on expectations, whatever those benef- those those behaviors are. I may not necessarily always live up to them, but I want to get better." And so I Mm. need you to help me and I I'm going to help you to get better because as an organization, we need to get better. He did that. He did that in front of the entire uh, employee population. And it was amazing. It was really powerful. And I really appreciated his leadership in doing that because it showed vulnerability Mm. and it showed his ability to see where he may not necessarily be strong. We all have strengths and sometimes mm-hmm. we we have places that we aren't as as, as strong, and so by virtue of uh, him admitting that, it really strengthened, I think, his his leadership.
1: Yeah, I I would say some of the best leaders I know are people that can admit their faults, um, but also it just brings this level of connection with people exactly. when they know that they work for a human. Yeah, <laughs> <You> exactly. <know? laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Something also that I've seen from uh, leaders is almost this fear that they're going to do something wrong, um, especially with like new leaders. And so then they tend to play it kind of safe and they hide behind their new role, if you will. Um, how do you actually get leaders to um, come out and, and want to grow instead, right? Because that's the, the whole deal, right? If you're going to stay in fear, you're probably not going to be growing, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, we talk a lot about that in um, our emerging leader inner circle because mm-hmm. it is, it's it's being able to get in a in a place where we can actually be uncomfortable and practice being uncomfortable. So it's it's we we do everything virtually. So we're we're in a, a you know a small group. Um, but it's big enough that it makes people uncomfortable when they have to speak. and And we will do things like speaking off the cuff. We do kind of like our little version of of Toastmaster's table topics. And um, you know that that little um, exercise helps people be uncomfortable, and that helps them to understand what it means to get outside of their comfort zone in a lot of different ways. And so we do some things like that that really help leaders to understand um, what it feels like to get outside of their comfort zone. And then really, we talk a lot about busting through what I call the terror barrier. It's that it's that space where, man, I, I know I'm uncomfortable. I've never done this mm-hmm. before, but I'm going to push through it anyway. And I'm going to keep pushing through it so that it becomes a habit. Mm. And so, so that's one way that we do it.
1: Interesting. I was going to actually ask you about uh, the inner circle groups um, and, you know, why you, why you do these, like why you advocate these for your clients, you know, to me, like when I first heard inner circle, I'm like, well, that sounds rather snobbish, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it. it yeah, I, I think there's a a much deeper purpose to there it. There is,
0: yeah, much deeper, d- deeper. It, yeah, I appreciate that perspective, though. Yeah, so, so really, um, one of the things that I've recognized is just the power of being in an environment with other people who see things differently, and and who have different experiences, and and you know, and honestly, it comes from um the the the, the book uh, thinking rich uh, napoleon hill wrote mm. this book back in you know 1937 most people probably heard about it they may or may not have read it but uh, but it, he interviewed uh, like 500 of the most successful uh business people of his time and each one of them had a group of people that surrounded them and so this idea of having that inner circle those those trusted advisors who can help you see things that you don't see and help you grow and think differently um, is so valuable to every leader. So it's one of the, I think it's one of the best tools to be able to help leaders to um, see their blind spots and to grow and to um, get other people's perspectives on things. Because, um, and one of the things that I guess I, as I've experienced the the mastermind environment and these inner circles is just, I don't even have to be the one who's asking the question, but there's a subject matter and something's talked about and something said, and it pops an idea in your head. And Mm. and Napoleon Hill talks about whenever there are, you know, two or three people or more together that are coming together for a common good. And, and they want each other to succeed, there's something that like, and he calls it the third mind. And it really is kind of, I know it sounds a little woo woo, but I'm telling you when you're in that environment and mm-hmm. and everybody is working together to help each other, that, that idea pops into your head by listening to somebody else. And if somebody else is, is grappling with an issue, it may trigger some thought for you. I can't tell you how many times I've been in my own mastermind group when I'm not even on the hot seat, and I'm getting downloads of, "Wow, I could I could do this, I could do this," mm. and based on what mm-hmm. somebody else said. So that's why I feel like it's so powerful that um, it's just a great tool for for growth, and it's a great way to be in a safe environment and to mm. even process things. You know, you you can you can share with people, and you're not going to be shot down. I, I call it a no judgment zone like, hey, I, I've been thinking about these things. Uh, this is unprocessed, but here's what I'm thinking about. Help me to process this differently. What do you see? Ask me questions about it. And that, I think, is the beauty of of the inner circles and and the mastermind.
1: Yeah that is uh, that that's actually really exciting. I love getting into a group of people that are working for a similar cause. There is just a feeling that comes from that and you can actually it's almost like you can watch the 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 ideas physically grow Absolutely. in front of you, you know, when when you've got that that kind of connection. And I will say, you know, um I I recently had lunch uh with several people in my inner circle and uh I was reading uh the success principles um by jack camfield and yeah. one of the things he suggests in that book is uh to ask the people that are closest to you ask them you know where do you see that i can improve right yeah. and uh we started talking about it at lunch and they're like at first they're like really Oh, that's weird you know and then and then we actually did it we went around the circle and you know talked about it and it was just it was amazing right because you would think that you first of all you be kind of scared to hear what they're going to say. Right. But Mm. it isn't that way at all. You just are appreciative for their feedback and the things that they say to you make so much sense. And you're like, Oh yeah, I I could definitely do that. You know? Um, So I think, I think it's a magical thing, the the inner circle, not a snobby thing at all. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no. Well, and I, I, I really think too, when you, when you have a group of people that, you know, Want the best for you, mm. and and are are in your corner, and and they're telling you some something that can help you improve. You take that in a in, you know in a much different way than if somebody's coming at you because just because they you know don't agree with you. Um, yeah. But if somebody else is coming and and sharing something that is a blind spot or an area of improvement it's, it's so powerful and it's, it's also received a a lot, a lot better.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So something that you are working on that I'm really excited about is this collaboration on a project that you're working on this year with the co-founder of uh, the John Maxwell team. Yeah. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, I am so, so excited. Um, So, you know, let me back up for just a second, because sure. I I mentioned um, Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. And in yeah. that book, he talks about thoughts become things and, mm-hmm. and, and, and thoughts are things. And so oftentimes we think, oh, you know, that was an interesting thought. But if we take that thought and we actually mix it with action, um, the, 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 uh creation process is really something amazing so one morning i'm mm-hmm. having uh my my morning ritual time i'm doing some meditation i'm doing some journaling this idea popped into my head and i had this picture of my in my mind of of me on stage with paul martinelli the the, the co-founder of the john maxwell team and uh teaching with him and and co-teaching and we were actually co-teaching um his his retreat called turning point and so long story short, I thought, well, that's an interesting thought. And so I sent a note to somebody in my inner circle and in my mastermind group. I said, what do you think? And basically they said, reach out. And so I did reach out. Um, we had a phone conversation. He said, yes. And so now we are collaborating on this event that's coming up uh, in Atlanta uh, in April and it is an event that really provides a process to help us as leaders, as, as business owners, to be able to really create and, and, and push through our, our limiting beliefs and, and really reach uh, our highest potential. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Martinelli is just an amazing leader. He's, um, he, he's, he's spoken all over the world. He's actually taught this retreat in a number of different countries. Um, it's been a while since he's actually done this particular retreat. Um, but I, I, so in April of this year, I get to be, uh, teaching this retreat with him and I'm super excited about it. So we're, we're collaborating on this. And as a matter of fact, we just had a call yesterday. Um, and, and one of the things that he, uh, wanted to do was, um, create some kind of like a, he calls it a killer offer, and so essentially, what we're doing is uh, anybody who registers for Turning Point for for this event in Atlanta um, between now and uh, the first part of February, um, he's going to do a free teaching uh, on on beliefs and 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 uh, how beliefs drive our behavior. And um, so anyway, so that's the collaboration. I'm I'm super excited about it. Really honored to be able to be a part of uh, this, this project.
1: Yeah. I went to the, uh, to the, the page on your website about it. I was like, Oh, that sounds really exciting. I'd like to, I, I yeah, I'm definitely going to look at that. So um, it's so yeah, cool. It's, it sounds great. Well, and it's,
0: it's, it really is a process, um, that not only, I mean, we, we hear about, you know, taking our, and creating a growth mindset. This mm-hmm. is a process to really give us the the tools to, to, to grow and to move see. past our our limitations and our our uh, limiting beliefs, and we mm-hmm. we there's an experiential c- component of it as well. So one of the reasons why we're doing it in, in Atlanta is because there's there's a great place to to exp- experiment with the things that we learn about on day one. Because on day two, what we do is we go out to a ropes course and we create <laughs> some. Um, let's just say uncomfortable places and we get to choose, you get to choose your adventures. So you're not going to do anything too crazy, but Uh um, you get to get outside of your comfort zone. And when you get outside of your comfort zone in a place like that, what we do is we have you notice what's coming up for you and and notice the the internal dialogue Mm. and what's going on. And then when we come back um, for the second part of of day two and into the the, uh, day three, we kind of pull it all together and and have you look at and do some exercises around what what were you thinking what were some of the the internal dialogue when you got uncomfortable and when you got outside of your comfort zone and then how do we apply that in business how do we apply that in our professional lives mm. so uh, so that we can get outside of our, our comfort zone and really break through that that terror barrier. Mm.
1: Have you ever done this uh, with the with the ropes course before?
0: Yeah, actually, back in two thousand, I think it was two thousand sixteen, I uh-huh. sat through and went through this exact workshop with Paul. Paul was leading it okay. in Atlanta, and uh-huh. uh, so that's why I know about it. Matter of fact, I have uh, all of my notes um, sitting here on my on my uh, desk, and I've been going back through them to see my responses to the uh, the exercises that we did. So uh-huh. it's it's really been kind of fun to to see those and and go back through them.
1: That's great. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, do you ever get those people like, I mean, I love heights and I love, you know, any kind of massive adventure. You know, I'm just imagining some of those people that do slack lining, right? Yeah. And they're like, ropes course, no problem. I got this. You yeah. Yeah. Like, well, well, you got no fear. Ah. <laughs> well,
0: here's the thing Paul Martinelli is, it's interesting because there are people, so there's kind of like choose your own adventure. There's, Chicken Little. And that's where Paul, he, he he goes on the Chicken Little side. Um, there's Middle of the Road. And then there's the Insanity version. And so <laughs> I'm going to be on the Insanity version. And Paul's going to be on the Chicken Little. Uh, and I can't get him in the middle. I can't get him to move over to the middle uh, middle of the road. But uh, oh, but yeah, true. you're right. I mean, s- some people just, you know, we, we love to go to the Insanity part. Uh, others, uh-huh. you know, and eh, they're not sure. So maybe they'll go middle of the road. And then of course, we've got the Chicken Little. So but I won't give Paul too much of a hard time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, one way or the other, I think it's, I think it's just an awesome deal. It sounds like, it sounds like a really fun experience. Um, So uh, we are just about out of time. So do you have any uh, departing thoughts for us, David?
0: Yeah, I guess, you know, kind of uh, bringing some of the things that we talked about together. I think one thing Mm -hmm. that um, I, I really believe that as a, as an organization, if, if we, want to grow, and we want our companies to to build and to grow, we've got to invest in not only ourselves, but we have to invest in our people. And when we do that, um, it, it not only is good for the company and it's good for our people, um, but it's good for our customers as well, because when our, when our uh, people are growing, then our customers are going to benefit because we're going to have people who are uh, passionate, they're fulfilled, And they're really um, being the best that they can possibly be. And so I I just want to encourage anybody who's listening, if you're a business owner, invest in your people, create your culture by design and not let it happen by default.
1: I Yeah, I could not agree more. And in fact, you know, from a digital marketing standpoint, honestly, it is the best investment in your brand that you can make, really. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree, Nancy.
1: Well, thank you, David. I really appreciate it. Okay. Before we take off today, I want to leave our listeners with our digital marketing tip of the day. So I'm taking this one straight from a post that I did on LinkedIn a while back. And I think it's very fitting for our first podcast of this new year. This is uh one around taking advantage of 2020 social media trends. So one of the top suggestions is movement towards long form storytelling uh, through social media. So I know stuff great business owners that are actually employing this tactic and it's working really well for them. With the growth of locations like Clubhouse, Facebook, Uh, Facebook live audio rooms and Twitter spaces, people are spending more time listening to and engaging through social social stories, (laughs) easy for me to say, social storytelling. So telling an engaging story on your business history and future plans may be one of the best ways to engage your audience. And for my audience today, I am offering a free audit of your social media along with a free consultation around your strategy to redeem this offer, just reach out to me at wsidigitalconnections.com. Once you're there, you can choose to call me, email me, or even set up st- some time directly. So uh, do reach out to me at wsidigitalconnections.com. A huge thanks to my guest today, David McLennan with Impact Leadership Consulting. You can find David at davidmcglennon.com. Also check out his awesome podcast in the growth space. Please make sure to follow us, and like us wherever you get your podcast. You can find this episode and previous shows, along with contact information for all our guests and for me, on our website at www.digitalconnections.us. Have a great week and tune in next time for another amazing digital connection for your business.
0: So, are you tired of seeing little or no return for your marketing efforts? Have you been burned doing business with cheap internet companies that lock you into long-term contracts and provide no tangible results? Do you want people who are actually interested in your products and services to find you easily on the internet? WSI has developed in-depth knowledge and an extensive network of industry thought leaders that know your company's goals and objectives are unique. When you work with them, you not only gain the local expertise of your WSI consultant, but they guide you through an effective strategy based on digital experience of their global network. Work with a company that understands your business and provides real results at a price you can afford. Find them at wsidigitalconnections.com. That's wsidigitalconnections.com.